This meeting is being recorded. Hello, welcome to Only God Rescued Me, my journey from satanic ritual abuse. I'm Lisa Meister, your host, and today we are bringing to you Vanessa Robbins. I found Vanessa on Twitter, had some wonderful conversations, and Vanessa is not an SRA survivor, but she is somebody that grew up in a Christian home and got into the new age occult practices. And I wanted to bring her on because so many survivors and friends that I have in the Christian church are having their children in their teens, in their 20s, and even in their 30s, choosing to go into the new age, into witchcraft, Wiccan, a lot of different, you know, things that are out there are enticing our kids away from Christianity. And Vanessa, this is your story. And I think it's really important because as we were talking, you started explaining how you got deceived, how you got pulled into it, and then how God showed you what it was you were getting involved in and how he got this out. This is a really important piece because as survivors, we work hard to get out of like the worst end of, I mean, all witchcraft will eventually lead to satanic ritual abuse. Mm. You did not get that far. I mean, where you were did not go that far, but it all will eventually go that far. So when we work hard to get our family out of it, and then we have our kids choose to start getting into witchcraft, it, it just, it's flummoxing. So I really think that this is really important for not just survivors to understand, but for all Christians to understand so that we know what our kids are getting bombarded with, and then we know how to understand them and how to help them navigate this. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So you grew up in a Christian home. Yeah, I mean, you know, so many people come from quote unquote Christian homes, but I had young parents who came from traumatized homes. Um, so of course, you know, it trickles down and you go to church as kind of like what they say, play church, you know, playing church, so to speak. But in our home, it was, it wasn't, I wouldn't say like extremely wholesome. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, uh, bad habits and things that both my parents did that was just um, not the maybe best example that they would have wanted to be now, you know, looking back, they did what they could with what they had. And um, they had us in church because they felt that that would bring more wholesomeness and things to us. And it did. I had an amazing youth leader um, who helped me through my parents' divorce. And I grew up in the Nazarene church. I think that's maybe important to say because it is a specific type of denomination that's more maybe Midwestern. Um, there's a lot more Nazarene in the Midwestern area. I was born in Kansas and then my dad moved us to California when I was seven where his family lives. So, and there's Nazarene churches out there too. But um, as we're finding out, the church is very ignorant to the spirit realm in general. Like we have, you know, the, you know, you think of like Quakers or the, <laughs> those who came to America and spread the King James Version, the and thou type church, you know, and 
and I had great mentors, you know, in church and I did love Jesus. I had a close relationship with Jesus. I pictured connecting with him in a secret garden. I loved the secret garden growing up. So I always pictured my secret place being in a garden and um, had a close connection with God. I had dreams about delivering people. Um, I was a youth pastor in my very early 20s because of the youth pastor that I had who was uh, just, she showed up for me and she's still a pastor now. She is a missionary in the Philippines, I believe right now. But um, she just made me want to give back and to pay that forward for youth. And I did. And I still connected with those youth today and they saw me go through this, you know, I'm sure. I don't know what their thoughts were exactly. Um, so I think the big pivotal moment was in my 20s, you know, I'm trying to figure out life on my own and I move away from home and I go to this fairly large um, beach city church and, and it was a large church and those kind of churches can get very clicky, especially if you're in like a 20 something group, 20s, 30s group of uh, adults, young adults trying to figure out life. And I had some church hurt because I got into dancing and salsa dancing and you're in the beach city. So you're just, you're definitely mixed with the world a little more than we're called to set apart, you know? And so I think being kind of like a Disney child too, being from California, that um, Disney has so much magic and things, and it's even very much a part of Christian households, you know, is Disney and the magic. And you just, you become conditioned to the idea of magic being more fantasy and fun and whatever, you know. Um, so I think the church hurt was hard um, because once I left the church, I didn't hear from anybody. Like I spent two years being so dedicated to this church and helping co-lead Bible studies with women. And so I knew scripture. It wasn't that I didn't, I should have known better. And that's the hard part for me too, coming out of it is like, I should have known better, you know, and I did know better. And yet I was still deceived. And, um, and I've heard other new agers who grow, have a similar story where they grew up in Christian homes and still fell to new age because we're looking for answers, deeper answers. Now that we have the internet and more understanding of like this quantum universe we live in and there's, and the church isn't explaining these things. And I didn't grow up in like a charismatic church where there's deliverance and understanding of the spirit realm. So you don't know really what dangers to look out for um, and what it looks like, you know? Um, so I just realized there were women I was connecting to in like music venues that are also kind of bars in the beach cities that I lived in um, who would call me up and see how I'm doing and just reach out to me in a real way that I wasn't getting from these women and people that I just spent two years of my life in a church with, but I leave and then I don't hear from them. They don't check up on me. They don't see how I'm doing. It just felt really like, well, you're shunned if you're just not going to 
abide by every law when you know everyone's you know people are sinning there are probably couples having sex outside of marriage and things like that and um so I just felt like there was like judgment and then shunning and then I was just like if these are how Christians are right if this is the church world then I don't know how much I want to be a part of it you know and so I kind of just lived the last part of my 20s, salsa dancing. I got into dancing, big into dancing, um, which I loved. But it was much more of a secular environment. And, um, and then I was in the beach cities, which had plenty of nightlife and got into, you know, groups like musician groups like I had a lot of musician friends and dancer friends and you're out late at night <laughs> you're you're with the party crowd and I liked the socialization and um, the camaraderie that I built in that and that was before I was got into new age and I was a, I should say a massage therapist starting from like 2006 so it's about 21 when I became a massage therapist. So it was already being introduced to like the metaphysical world, so to speak, and Reiki and the idea of energy work and, and that, you know, we're energetic beings and things like that. So um, it wasn't a far stretch for me to understand a bit about the spirit world. I believed in a God. I believed um, that, there was a lot to it I didn't understand. So I actually decided to meet a friend uh, in Thailand in 2015 who was traveling the world. And before that happened, I planned for like five months. But during that time, right as before that happened, um, numbers started to show up for me. And like to a point that I was like, whoa, this is something's happening here you know I am not this is unnormal to see these same numbers popping up like and 420 what it was because it was the number I would recognize right a lot of people know what 420 means um but it was just a number I would recognize and it was showing up so much even to the point where like my credit card the back of the you know card said 420 and it was just I would pick up my phone at 420 and I just started to understand I looked it up it's called numerology and I started to have this communication with the spirit realm through numerology so I would say that's my first kind of like supernatural feeling something different than the church vibe that I'm you know I've had connections with God but they were always just kind of an insightful um, kind of things and this was different so I go to Thailand and it increases. Like I really began to connect with this numerology. Like I am communicating with an entity or the spirit realm um, and, and it's guiding me as I look up these angel numbers. Like you can like Google it and it'll give you an angel number. It'll give you all these different, you know, um, explanations on what these mean. And um, once you kind of start to understand what the numbers mean, like one through nine, then you can kind of begin to understand um, master numbers and, uh, 
you know, what you can kind of just read them as you're going along in your day. So once you start to see the same number show up, then you kind of know what message you're getting. So it's something that kind of builds and it is mysterious. And I met some interesting people in Thailand and some of those people lived in LA um, where I live in California. So when I went back home, I had some of these people who I met in Thailand back home, which was nice because I was gone for three months out of the, out of the America, out of the States. So part of that was Thailand and then went to see family in Costa Rica. And while I was in Costa Rica, I came upon um, Abraham Hicks and she is a channeler. Um, and I was kind of seeking God a little more, of course, like I, I never left God. I, I knew he was there. I was still connecting with him to some degree. Um, another book that moved me out of church, I want to mention because it, it was, I would say a gateway book was falling, falling upward by Richard Rohr. I spent two years mulling over that book and it it definitely is deceptive, um, full of apostasy, and it would make someone like me who grew up with this idea and, and to start changing my thoughts about what was really true about the Bible and how I interpreted it. Um, so I think that was part of it. So there's just these little seeds, you know, that took time over years um, before I really like opened myself up to the idea of really trying energy work, um, but to try to not take too much of your time and try to keep it nutshell version. Um, so I got back home, you know, being gone out of the States for three months. It's quite a transition. <laughs> it's a, it's a culture shock to leave home for that long or leave the United States for that long and then to come back, um, especially to California. And people who travel get that, you know, especially if it's maybe your first time traveling outside of the United States for and to be gone that long. So, you know, of course, I then leaned on these people I met. And one of them was um, this guy, Kevin, I'm going to say his wants name wrong, but he is part of the new age realm now as a teacher and guide and, and creates groups. And he had um, a group of guys, they called themselves uh, mystical misfits. And it was just a authentic meeting group and we would do different things. And through that group, I met a girl who connected me to the idea of energy work. And she was sharing me her, you know, experiences with energy work and this, group of women that she found on Facebook and uh, it was like a women's empowerment group and it was led by this uh, psychic teacher her name is Sarah and she um, was really sweet and I was just starting to get to know these women in this Facebook group and it grew really quickly like over the next year it grew like from like a few hundred or a thousand to like 4,000, like it grew really quickly. Um, 
because it was powerful. I mean, she, she did this uh, meditation work where I learned basically like stuff from that you would learn in like legit psychic school, um, learning to do things like run your energy, um, moving energy up through your feet and through your chakras and learning the anatomy, the, the anatomy of your energy body, so to speak. And, um, I spent about a year doing that kind of work and just getting into meditation. And I got into meditating every day and learning to run my energy, um, and move energy with imagination and color. Um, and then from there, so we did classes and from there, then I got into learning how to read auras. Um, so you're basically opening your psychic channels. You're opening yourself up to a psychic teacher who's connecting with spirit guides and all these different ways to set up a psychic space, um, which we would call a container. And you just learn to have reverence for this work because it is powerful. Like I would visualize things and then she would say it, you know, like there was a really real connection here. The psychic world is very real. So when you start to have these synchronicities with people and things and, um, you know, this unseen realm, it, it becomes very intriguing and, um, and it just lures you in more. So I came to a point where I was going to go to Colorado. Um, and I started just, I was listening to channelers um, and you just kind of get a sense of maybe there's more to this quantum realm that you don't learn in the Christian world and there's more to it. And maybe I was just brainwashed to believe these things right from birth so I was just very open to the idea of um you know guides and, and things like that and these channelers who are getting you know the higher self like oh you're just connecting with your higher self so it, you don't think that you're connecting really with an entity you're just connecting with your soul self that's you know can is connected to that realm of everything, to the quantum field, you know, to the, the one consciousness that's now finding a way to communicate with you as a flesh self. So you never um, felt like it was a demon. So like you're- No, because you think you're, you're dealing with a different, a higher aspect of yourself. So they call it the higher self. So you're, believe that you're receiving information from like yourself your spirit self you know your soul version of yourself um which is outside space and time and connected to the all right so that's kind of how and you know you have to remember like I was already fed all these other ideas through books and things and these teachers and what everyone else is saying about um their benefits from this practice and these practices. Um, so that's my, that was my belief. And then I started talking 
about God as source instead of God and stopped saying he and felt like, well, God doesn't have a gender and just the whole female feminism, women empowerment movement that is, you know, not really happy about the patriarchy. And so we don't want to have this he God telling us what to do, you know. Um, so it really was through this guise of feminine empowerment and owning your power as a woman and, and learning what that is because we've been so oppressed through the, through the centuries, right? So feminine um, high in the mix. Of right. The yeah. Um, so I then Are started you, to, you know. Were you happy through this time? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I was learning a lot about myself. I felt that I was becoming more present with myself. I was learning how to have more presence with all of me and, and, and welcoming all of who I am. And that was how we were going to become whole. And wholeness was accepting the good and bad a part of yourself, you know. Um, so I just was really open to, and we learned, we practiced trying to open our third eye. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this kind of work. Um, and you do have a felt sense of feeling these energies move through you and they are peaceful and they do bring clarity and, you know, you're reevaluating your behaviors. It just helps you become more conscious about what you say, how you say it, you know, things you feel are healthy and good and growth for the self, self-growth, you know, and that's what people want is to be better versions of themselves. So new age is offering those tools and those answers that Do the church is not. feel like the people within the new age movement are kinder than the people in the church have been? I would, I mean, people are people. So I would say they're more accepting of who you are, no matter how you want to show up. You know, they seem, they're non, a lot more non-judgmental um, generally. I mean, of course you'll find judgmental people in all realms of life, but um yeah, I think it's just this idea that you want to push away the judgment part that religion seems to get the stigma of, right? Yeah. And uh, and I think a lot of it is it because I just didn't understand this, why things were said they were the way they were said in the Bible, right? Like it goes over it, but like it you know, the Israelites, when they were receiving this information, it was in the front of their face, like they knew exactly what it was. I mean, it was no secret to them. Right. But in our culture, it's much more hidden, in a way, or at least which there's the conditioning. Which information okay. are you talking about? Well, just like when you read the Old Testament, the prophets and like, uh, the, prophets. the spiritual, like, Spiritual. Right. Like you're not, yeah. Like the things God commands not to do, like oh. passing your kid through the fire. Well, we don't have a reference of what that means, passing 
a child through the fire. What does that mean? And witchcraft. Okay, don't do witchcraft. Well, you think spell, you think like, you know, dark witchcraft, you think black magic. You don't realize connecting to your higher self is witchcraft, you know, in the moment, you know, or connecting with the earth or connecting with uh, even astrology. Like, you don't think of it as witchcraft because it seems like a science when the Bible does talk about, you know, don't worship the seasons and things like that. But it's kind of like doesn't sink in when and it's not really talked about intensely. You know, we talk about in church, we talk about, you know, Mary and Martha and the ways you live as a Christian. But we really don't talk about offensive and spiritual warfare in a way that is probably much more necessary and needed in the church. Um, I mean, as you know, most pastors aren't equipped to handle survivors, let alone, you know, talk about what new age is about or understand what happens in the psychic realm. Um, I would have all these, I would have numerous dreams about being trapped like in a grove with spider webs everywhere and it wasn't until recently that I realized I was getting a sense of the spirit realm or the second heaven spirit realm more so um but I didn't understand what it meant I just know I was trapped by all these spider webs and I couldn't get out when you when you read Isaiah 59 thanks to Gina Phillips now that I've learned so much about SRA and the spirit realm and how things are programmed into people the spirit realm is much like at least second heaven is much like spider web and when you read in isaiah 59 it talks about spider webs or the webs you know of that field so to speak and we don't have any concept of that you know in the church really um, things like that. Like you don't learn to see the Bible and symbolism in the way that you do if you come out of the occult. So, yeah, so I decided to go to Colorado and I just knew, and I was connecting with like Archangel Michael at this time. Okay. So you learn to like connect with the angels. Wink, wink, not the good ones though. (laughs) But you think they're the holy good ones, you know, you're convinced that these are angels of light. Um, So I just had the sense that I was going to have to do this traveling without a plan, like just full on faith of whatever shows up day by day and having my numerology. I mean, that was strong already. I had this communication going on in the real um, beyond psychic stuff. Um, and it was real. I mean, I, the first time I had to show up for me, I got a week at the Hyatt in Sedona, you know, for free, (laughs) like just happenstance, you know, just happened to run into someone who overheard me asking people what's a good thing. So I will say right at the beginning of this trip is when I received my first tarot deck. And I hadn't done cards before, but I had friends who were kind of doing it. And I was starting, you know, being introduced to the idea of cards, but we're not, 
given the idea that it's an end, you're connecting to an entity to get this divination, your, your higher self is telling you what the cards mean, right? So I think that's a lot of the trickery and the lies of this higher self um, aspect of the new age. So another friend of mine said it's, you know, it's bad to buy your own and that you need to be gifted a deck. So I told my friend this and a friend I met through this group, this women's group, um, because now I had these ladies that I could connect with all over the United States who were part of this group. So that was also helpful, um, at least for this journey. So I had a couple ladies that I had not met yet, but had connected with through this group that I was meeting on this journey. And one of those friends gave me her deck, her only deck. And I, it was special to me because she gave it to me. She gave me her only deck. Um, it was a pretty deck and it was mostly about like animals and uh, the wild unknown, I think is what it was called. I burned them all just so, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just kind of started to play around and I was starting to get crystals and connect to crystals. So these were all new things as I'm journeying and just trusting this journey to connect with these guides and my guides are going to connect me to whatever I need to do or how this is supposed to unfold. Um, and it did. I mean, it was kind of miraculous how things just showed up and were provided for me. Um, I can, uh, one of the things they say is that, you know, you have to ask, right? Like with the angels, you have to ask. And then, so when you ask, especially in Sedona, I'd ask and like within half an hour, an hour, like it would manifest. And with Abraham Hicks, listening to a lot of her, she was the originator of the uh, law of attraction ideas. And um, she was part of the original secret. You know, you've heard of the secret. It's a, it's, uh, what was like a documentary or video that kind of talked about the law of attraction and it got really it got a lot of attention in especially the new age realm because it was just this idea that well what you think about and how you feel is in alignment with what you're going to attract so if you stay on this high vibration positive thinking train then you're going to have positive coming to you. But if you, you know, just kind of feed your mind in the negative way and get on a negative train, then negative things are going to show up for you kind of idea. So, um, and I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you can do a whole show on just that, but so that was one of those things. Um, but she was always very adamant about connecting to source, connecting to source. And she also used that term source. So I still connected to God as I called him source, but I was still knew that sense of God from my Christian life. So that didn't change. I still was seeking to connect with what I knew as the almighty, but I was thinking I was expanding myself to understand more about the spirit realm and inclusion to my uh, believing, starting to believe that Jesus Christ was, just a master, 
you know, who is now one of my guides instead of the one and only, you know. So it never came to you, maybe this is demonic ever? You know what, at this point, I think that I was, um, you know, I'd been out of the church for a while and I had just spent, you know, six weeks in a Buddhist country that were nicer to me than I've ever experienced. I mean, the people of Thailand, you know, they definitely believe in you reap what you sow type of karma, so to speak. So most of them are very kind and giving and gracious people, you know? Um, so having that experience too, and then going to Costa Rica <laughs> was <laughs> just a big culture shock there with you have a Catholic like, you know, country versus a Buddhist country and the energy was just so different. Um, so my experiences were definitely different in there. And so I was just starting to believe the lies. You know, you hear it enough. You just start to believe the lies. You start to be convinced that, well, this must be how it is. This must be how the spirit realm is. And the church is just missing it. You know, they're stuck in the unknowing or just this rhetoric or dogma. So no, no, no. No, I didn't sense that. You know, of course, I'm believing I'm connecting with my higher self and angels and source, you know, yeah. at, at that point, no. So, um, do you think if you had been taught about it in the church, that it would have helped along this journey? Like you would have seen red flags along the way? I think in the church, yeah, understood, uh, spiritual warfare at a, in a, in a bigger way and how that works. Like if I knew that sleeping with other people uh, opened me up to their generational curses and whatever entities were attached to them, yeah, I probably have a different aspect to like, you know, connecting with my sexuality. And I was a victim of sexual abuse, uh, before I was three. So I know that that, you know, had a lot to do with uh, my promiscuity. I mean, it's LA. So, you know, you just kind of get very caught up in the sex and the city life, you know, idea of life. Um, you know, and I think being of my generation, sex in the city was kind of a big, big thing. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways that our culture aids doing what thou wilt. Um, so the journey was also aiding and adding to my faith in my newfound spiritual beliefs, right? Um, I was, you know, these entities were showing up for me in this way. I mean, they woo you for sure. Um, and I'm still connected with this you know, female group. That's just one big, you know, uh, supportive women's group. I mean, I, it was what I was looking for and needing or wanting, you know, cause I wasn't getting it in the church. <laughs> right. Um, 
so yeah like they weren't judging me by you know everything that I did you know and it was just different so so you know I'm practicing working with my tarot and connecting with the crystals and yeah in meditation you get a lot of peace you connect with well, you feel like you're connecting with God on a whole new level. Like, you know, it's the synchronicities of these, the way these entities use synchronicities to convince you thing of things like past lives and whatnot. I was convinced I lost a child in a past life and was dealing with that grief of losing a child yeah. in this trip on this trip and even like two-year-old uh channeling you know youtube channeling that i would listen to cryon was one of them too um backed that up backed up that belief i literally heard of one that's that cryon was saying and i know someone's listening to this and it doesn't matter when you hear it like it's perfect for your timing and the child that you lost is always around like what like you know it they will synchronize the lies um in many different ways so you think that it's all lining up and making sense and real um i mean it is an operation for sure especially to get a christian to fall i mean that's their favorite thing you know i was cake for them um, so I was obviously having these kind of miraculous things happen and asking for things and they're showing up and just last minute things would just show up, show up, show up. And one of those major numbers was 115 and 115, uh, was like, we're going to provide for you. Like that showed up a lot. Um, so now as a Christian, I'm just going to kind of come back and forth a little bit. I looked up Psalms 115 and it's, it's just funny how God works. Cause it's like, he knows the whole journey that you're going to go through <laughs> and he's going to tell you later, like how he was there always through it, you know, even though you were being a moron. Um, so if you go look up Psalms 115, it'll just, it'll be interesting as you hear this but um after you hear this you know so even with this guy that I did a reading with and used oracle cards and it was like every placement it was like nine placements but the next card would be just the same the same placement you know like they would show up and even had a Jesus deck I can't tell you how blasphemous that is really but um he would say oh yeah I can tell you're so connected to Jesus and you know, it's just, there's this confirmation that, you know, Jesus is still part of it, allegedly. But it's not the same Jesus, <laughs> come to find out, right? It's more this, like, St. Germain Jesus. Um, but it just seemed miraculous to me, and I got into Boulder. I ended up landing in Boulder, which is like Hogwarts, you know, for someone like me. And I just found my people there for this time in my life. Um, then I had to come back for my brother's wedding and we did a retreat 
uh, called Queen Return of the Queen Retreat. <laughs> Return of the Queen Retreat. And we're thinking of ourselves as queens. At this point, I'm like, you know, it's the whole goddess level women empowerment stuff and thinking of yourself as a goddess and, uh, you know, all the new age stuff we know about. But at this retreat, we are crowned. There's like this two hour ceremony we do on the ocean. And we're each individually crowned facing the ocean by like four different psychic women. There's like 15 of us and we're singing and pulling whoever got crowned like through this these two lines of women. So you're getting like adorned by your sisters and it's just this really like beautiful, you know, it feels beautiful in the moment. And so after we're all doing this, we even see a whale come close enough to the shore that we see it spouting, um, which was really cool for us because who sees a whale from the shore? these days um because we're oming and singing and and so that was that's significant to the story because um i was also at the same time while connecting with this group connecting with this other woman who believed or at least said that she was uh sharing a body with archangel michael and it was this whole archangel michael camaraderie and her and I ended up in the same town on the same day. And she was a traveling, she was traveling too. So just the fact that we showed up at the same time in the same city in Colorado was just mind blowing to both of us. And so she met me and did a energy session on me or what she called a DNA activation. Who knows what she was doing? My, my eyes were closed. I mean, I've seen her do different stuff. Now I know that she was very connected to Kabbalah. I didn't, wasn't aware of Kabbalah. The church doesn't seem to be aware of Kabbalah, nor do they ever talk about it. And I think that's significant for the church to be aware of and to be teaching about on some level, especially to leader type level um, people in the church, because I did get to leadership levels in the church. I'm sorry. Can you give a quick overview of Kabbalah? Um, so Kabbalah is a Jewish mysticism. Um, there's dark Kabbalah and light Kabbalah. I don't know. I haven't done like huge studies on it, but I know that, you know, you'll see the Kabbalah tree and especially in Judaism, it's like, I think seven or nine, but it, I think it could be seven or nine some of them are missing, but they have, you know, Hebrew names and numbers associated. There's just a lot to the Hebrew. So it's, it can get really confusing, but basically masonry is, you know, around Kabbalah. Um, A lot of my, my belief is that the fallen angels gave Kabbalah, like this was the gnosis that they gave people was this Kabbalah gnosis, you know? Um, I mean, it is a mysticism. It's not necessarily like known among practicing Jews, I believe, you know, I don't, I think that you have to study the Torah for like 12 years before you even touch Kabbalah from what I've heard. 
or something like that. I could be wrong. So don't take my, you know, do people do your own research on things because I don't know Kabbalah too well, except for I know that like programming is connected to the Kabbalah tree. Isn't Madonna connected to Kabbalah? She, she has, yeah, confessed about, but she calls it a philosophy. And in a way it is, I think it's a fallen angel philosophy. That's my belief of it. I'm sure people would disagree with me, but like my friend who grew up in it, well, she's in her probably 60s, late fifties, early sixties. She agrees that Kabbalah is probably a fallen angel philosophy um as probably a lot of mysticism is you know so I started to have dreams after this like DNA activation and getting crowned on the beach I start to have interesting dreams and one specific dream I had that would be the first sign of anything demonic um was I had a dream I was in this like mansion and there's bodies all over the floor and I'm walking over these bodies and I kind of sit in this like half step part way in the room and this green snake like comes up to me and it's almost like mechanical too but it's a snake that slithers up to me and opens its mouth and it's like a shower head in its mouth but this green mist comes out and goes into my hands and I have two symbols on my hands. I have one that's circle and one that's square, but I have no idea what these symbols mean. I mean, and then I just pass out, you know? So it's this very vivid dream. I don't know what it means and it's just weird. And I don't, you know, it's just confusing. So anyway, I don't really think much of it because also in new age, um, they give a different aspect to the snake, especially for Kundalini and that the snake represents wisdom. And, um, I didn't really get that much into Kundalini, although the Kundalini spirit was wooing me, I will say, um, just a lot of what'll happen is just, it'll show up with this person and I'll show up here and I'll show up there. And I'm just trying to like show up a lot to gather your interest. And then you'll meet people who are in it, you know, who are doing those things. Um, so uh, Kundalini can be dangerous and people who've left Kundalini to be Christians can give you more insight on that because um I never got that much into it um I started to get the sense of speaking in tongues actually for myself and I don't know what year it was but I was living in Colorado for about a year at this time and I was just driving in my car and in the new age we call it light language and there's channelers who do light language and I, I like watched a lot of the Gaia stuff, Gaia TV stuff, which also fed a lot of these new age ideas. And then you have like whistleblowers who are talking about alien connection. And I've, you know, if you get into the whole alien 
research stuff, that's a whole nother kind of tentacle, right? So there's a lot of tentacles that you start to kind of move through. Um, it's very much kind of like a, a, with the Western being a melting pot, new age Western, Western new age is not much different. You know, you'll take a little bit of Buddhist, you'll take a little bit of Hindu, you'll take a little bit of, you know, different things. So some things you don't really know where they're coming from. You're just following a teacher that you like um, or trying to gain insight about different things from people. And you just become a lot more open-minded and maybe a little too open-minded and less skeptical about things. Um, so the light language was a new thing. Of course, I had a lot different dreams. Um, I'm a big dreamer. I dream a lot of things. So going back to the light language, yeah. I tell a difference between that and speaking in tongues through the Holy Spirit, through God. So that's still something that is, you know, hard to reconcile with me. I'm, it's only been like a little over a year getting out. Um, my friend who got, who was an SRA and got out of it, she said that God gave her gifts while she was still, you know, pre before she really got out of it. She, she was, she said she was giving gifts um, to help her get through things did God give me tongues in my private because I wasn't like doing a ritual or anything where it showed up. I was just literally just driving and I just start to sense this language that would just wanted to kind of speak through me. And I didn't know what it meant. I just, I was by myself in my car. So I just kind of practiced, I just kind of allowed it. Right. Cause no one's hearing me. Um, and it felt like a prayer. It did feel like I was praying in a way or declaring something, um, but it didn't feel bad. And I wasn't connecting to any kind of like, you know, I wasn't doing anything specific that triggered it. You know what I mean? So now in my prayer life with God, and I think this is something a lot of New Agers who come out of New Age into, uh, Christian faith that just aren't sure how to reconcile that because you don't obviously want to be speaking in demonic tongues or of any kind when you're praying to God. So it's something I'm still connecting to the Holy Spirit with, but I think now I have prayed and allowing the Holy Spirit to just let me ramble because I'm still having intent in my head to God, there's still a heart yearning with it. Um, and the language will just show up. It's, you just don't think about it. It's, you know, if you think too much about it, it feels forced, but it, it wouldn't, you're just allowing it to speak through you. And I don't speak in front of other people. Um, because it's weird. It sounds weird. It's weird to hear other pastors speak in tongues on stage and stuff when they do that. Um, I know when they do, it's brief and it's more like for themselves or for the Holy Spirit's work, you know, moving something through them. Um, but there's also 
ways that it's been taking taken out of it just it can be weird and I think that God does not want us to uh, what would be the word discourage especially new believers and weird out new believers by just going around speaking in tongues right even if it's to yourself out loud um, because it does sound weird and honestly I do ask the Holy Spirit to give me an insight on what I'm saying and that for me has changed how I've been feeling about it because then I can sense like be like God's showing these powerful um, concepts through me asking that and then I'll end up reading scripture and then I'll just come across a verse that is exactly that you know um, because the spirit does put in your mind what to pray for and when you trust that you end up praying for an hour two hours whatever and it doesn't feel like that long it feels like 15 minutes you know um and I think when you just allow speaking in tongues there's a lot of emotion that comes through in prayer right and you don't always know how to say so speaking in tongues allows it to flow through the passion that you're trying to convey to God and the pain and the you know the tears speak through these sounds and they really are just sounds it's to anybody else right um sometimes it sounds kind of spanish <laughs> but it's just a journey that i'm still discovering honestly um i think it's something there's people have to pray for pray about be discerning on here's the difference actually with this light language speaking in tongues and the new age or whatever, usually there's like what they call sutras. You want to move your hands a lot. And there's just these movements that you feel come with the, the tongue. Speaking in the spirit, you don't have that. That's, it doesn't, you're not compelled to move your body in any way. Um, it's just a prayer, you know? That's a big one because not a lot of people talk about speaking in tongues and some people don't believe it's like this gibberish rambling on. And I think that no, in public, no, it shouldn't be. Um, but when you're in your prayer life, it's, it's just different. Do you speak in tongues? Is that something you have now? Yeah. And I know my aunt does. And so I think it's something that is, one of those things in the church <laughs> that if you don't come from a charismatic church, you're not going to be very exposed to along with deliverance, you know, <laughs> which is another thing the church, a lot of churches don't practice or participate in unless there's like some actual manifestations happening. And it's kind of usually hush hush, which I don't ever remember seeing any of that or talk anyone talking about it, you know, when I was younger. Um, so the dreams happened and everything that just, they did kind of get weird. And I was starting to understand that there's something bigger here. So here's the, 
the group, the women's group was starting to be, um, and even the leader, Sarah herself, she said it was getting so big, she couldn't hold the container herself and she was calling upon our guides to help her. And Isis stepped up and said, I will help you hold this container. And Isis was also, and I, I say Isis, I mean the, the queen, not the terrorist group. I feel like anytime you're talking with technology, you have to make that specific point. But um, the queen of heaven, as we know her now, but I didn't think of, I didn't tie those two together at the time because she does reveal herself as an angel, as, as part of the angelic realm, which is and isn't, you know, <laughs> the fallen angels still like to call themselves angels. So a um, definite demon stepping forward at this point. Uh, right. So it's a very powerful entity, you know, showing up and connecting with us all, uh, especially those who are very active in the group um, because she was wooing me separately. So when Sarah said that about the group, it just was confirmation that I was connecting with her. Um, so when I was in Boulder, I asked her to send me something of her, like just to kind of confirm that this is a real connection and that um, this, you know, just kind of get some validation here. So I don't feel like I'm crazy, you know, it's just weird. Uh, to have these supernatural things happen and not really have a concept for them. It's all very new. Um, so I went into the store and saw the Isis Oracle deck there. And it was the only one in the store. I just knew that that was what, that was it. That was what she was wanting me to have of, of her. Um, and in the Oracle deck, you know, it's very much an initiation. You're being initiated by Queen Isis, you know, and she, and it's by Alana Fairchild is the channeler, so to speak, who creates a lot of different Oracle cards, actually. And um, you learn rituals. So you have the cards and you're, picking the card and then with each card there's sign of an interpretation and a ritual to do um and I actually started getting really good at reading tarot and oracle cards and I would watch YouTube tarot readers and so I would learn about you know tarot symbolism and um kind of understanding like what the angel or the more classic tarot is compared to like some of these other different tarots. Um, I mean, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so, and it really is like, they're like, oh, it's just an energetic mirror showing you what energies are at play in the moment. And that was my understanding. My higher self is helping me understand what energies are at play at the moment but of course, with the or with the Isis Oracle cards, I'm aware that I'm connecting with her as an entity, right? But at this point, it's been a few years that I've been practicing moving energy, connecting to the spirit realm, 
uh, a lot of stuff and doing rituals. And I think that's when the dreams started getting more intense. And I also did a priestess training with Elizabeth Wilcox, uh, which is a whole different teacher, like not even connected. Um, and then there's like the Sophia Code book, which is really huge for new ager women in the feminine, you know, empowerment group, um, which teaches you all these other female entities. And they even have you Mary Magdalene in the, the Magdalene manuscripts and this idea that Mary Magdalene and Jesus really did have a relationship. And she was an initiate of Queen Isis and Queen Isis was the initiate of Hathor. And like, then you get into um, your monthly bleeding, your, we call it our moon time. And so moon rituals and working with um, the period blood and like, you know, which is an abomination. You're not supposed to be using your blood or drinking blood. And some of these women, thank God I never got to that point, drink their menstrual blood and do different different rituals with their, their moon time, as they call it, um, which is a connection to Isis and Ishtar and Anana and whatever name you want to call her, um, is the moon. And so um, they really do kind of like lead you through these specific symbols and rituals and um, astrology. I mean, you just start to connect with all of it once you're really open to it. And all these channelers really do. It makes sense because you sense these energies playing out in your life, right? Um, especially when you get like an energy update from some of these channelers and learning astrology and it, it seems to have merit, you know, but it's all trickery. It really is. Um, but you don't think of it. I even think of myself as a witch, even though some people in the new age do call themselves witches. Um, I called myself a priestess because that seemed more in alignment with what I was, you know, into and how I was going about my spiritual journey with these guides, so to speak. Um, and so it just expands from there. You have white calf medicine, you know, white calf buffalo woman. Um, people do connect with this Maryland. A Mary Magdalene type guide. Um, some women even work with Lilith for shadow work. And I think that's a little darker. Um, I thought about connecting with Lilith and there was just this uh, pause in me, almost like I could feel in my head, it was like, oh, Mary Magdalene showing up saying not without me, like, you know, like they're like, that's a dangerous uh, thing to go towards. But I don't know. So where do we want to go from here? 
So somebody um, would argue that things were working well enough for you. Why would you have wanted to get out? Right. So I was also a caregiver in Colorado. So I was caregiving for this woman who had dementia. Um, she was 98 and she was a believer in Christ, um, but she had dementia. She was very loving and non-judgmental and um you know her husband was a pastor um I would just share with her my insights you know but we would read things that she liked like you know uh different books that were just positive and you just keep things positive obviously with people with dementia but she was such a lighthouse of a person you know her love was beyond dementia you know I think they say with people with dementia like if they're really nice people they're even more so when they have dementia and if they're not if they're kind of cranky person before they have dementia they're even more cranky when they have dementia (laughs) but she was a lighthouse of a person like everyone loved to visit her the nurses and everything so um She was probably a big part of just me focusing on her and that experience and not so much engaged with like new age groups in the the real, like it was just all online for the most part. But um, where I wanna say where I got out of this, I guess I feel like is more important story. is, you know, we had the pandemic, things, I, ha- I ended up, so things started to not go so great. Like, I decided to do breath work, and uh, I got in a wreck with my car, so I didn't have a car for a while, and the men <laughs> in Boulder, it's a huge polyamory scene, so dating was a disaster. <laughs> Dating men in the new age is somewhat of a disaster. Um, For me, at least, that was my experience. I mean, they just kind of like, don't really want to commit, don't really want to, you know, they they can say a lot of nice things and like, they know the lingo and it's just a different way to manipulate women with better vocabulary. So I ended up moving around a lot in 2019 uh, while I was trying to do this uh, breathwork certification. And I did love that. I mean, it brought me another tool. Um, But in 2020, things got harder because obviously we have this pandemic that happened. I had decided to help and move in with a friend, but that didn't work out. That was actually really traumatic. Um, She was a friend I met through this group. And yeah, I won't go too much into that because I feel like being the internet, I shouldn't. And then um, in May of 2020, I got, I ended up staying with my sister, but I was staying, I was, visiting a friend uh, who had been a good friend of mine for like seven years who I lived with before I went to Thailand even so I was staying in her house and in the middle of the night her boyfriend shows up and strangles me 
and luckily her dog pulled him off me and saved me but my hindsight thought of that is that uh entities knew I was there I mean there I was already starting to kind of move back towards the idea of wanting to reconnect with Christ again mostly because the dreams were getting really interesting um and wanting to kind of just focus on the breath work stuff I just kind of moved away from doing the meditation work so much I wasn't like every day meditating like I was in the beginning um and I just know that they were probably just you know it was a chance to attack me because I'm starting to reach back towards my original faith and trying to now that I've had experience in the spirit realm things are starting to make sense of verses that I know you know and other influencers on YouTube, like Jacob Israel, who I was starting to listen a lot more to, um, and sensing a lot of, uh, I'm like losing words a little bit, but I was, I was agreeing with a lot of what he was saying, resonating, that's the word. I was resonating with a lot of what he was saying and how he was presenting it, and also how the church had missed you know, showing up for a lot of people. And I felt that was important. And so I listened to him a lot. Um, and then I went back to Colorado and I started having suicidal thoughts like really bad. The suicidal thoughts uh, and like the mental torment um, was severe. And I, I also was a cannabis smoker. I should add that I was a cannabis smoker um, all throughout this time, especially in Colorado. So, you know, that's just another one that added to probably opening up to a lot of things. Um, there's so many different details throughout, you know, my new age journey that just, like I said, the synchronicities and the different people who just can confirm things. One woman, um, like in Colorado, who didn't know me at all. Like another friend was like, oh, read her. Cause she was learning to read people. She was like, oh, I see your, I see your crown, which she didn't know I'd been crowned. <laughs> and I see your crown and I am hearing them say, wear your crown. Because I wasn't practicing my energy tools at the time as much, like it wasn't as strong. And so that was kind of like a, you know, get back to your new age practices, you know, um, which was supposed to be encouraged, which wasn't interesting. You know, I just thought, well, wow, I really am crowned, you know. But once I started getting the suicidal thoughts towards the end of 2020, um, I decided I needed to come be with my mother in Alabama because I did not want to kill myself where I was staying. I was house sitting and I just didn't want to do that to these people. You know, I was just, I was starting to listen to uh, worship music again, um, very specific ones. Um, I was starting to, you know, hear more messages, biblical messages um, and clinging to those because the torment really was 
severe. Um, How did you know that the answers weren't back in all of the new age that you'd been going through all those years? My goal, I, I never really felt in my head to leave Yeshua, Yeshua and I was calling him Yeshua. And I never really felt that I left God, really. I just felt like I want to go back to Yeshua being my guide, uh, first and foremost, and not so much ISIS. Because I missed, I missed the great, I missed the love that I felt when I had that connection with Jesus, you know, from there's no love in the new age. It's not that there's no, no love. It's just, it's very self-serving, you know, it's, it's a lot about the self and, um, it just felt like I had to do all these things. I mean, doing energy work and psychic work, it, it takes, you know, discipline, it takes dedication, it takes, um, and sometimes that can get frustrating. Um, and I, and I think I did try to do running my energy to move some of the stuff. And there were times that running my energy did help. I had a friend who, uh, definitely has some entity attachments. I'll tell you that, but he, I almost passed out he was pushing something into me that was causing me to literally pass out and I could feel it. And I started to run my energy because I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I don't know to even like, I was telling him that I felt like I was passing out. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm about to pass out. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like he didn't know what was going on. So was and it I just, that started making a difference? that it just got so dark at when she, you know, when you were starting to connect with her, do you think? I think it was just a lot of things. Like I was kind of dabbling in a lot of different things. Right. Um, I, I had altars. I, you know, we made altars. Um, you start to connect with different guys and you're also connecting with angels. So there's Archangel Michael and all these things, but um, I mean, maybe on some sense, I was kind of taking it for granted and not pursuing. I, I'm not as a disciplined person as I'd like to think I can be, you know, like I'm really good in the beginning and then I kind of tap her off, you know, um, which is kind of like something God's working on me, especially in my prayer life, you know, but uh, I just. I just felt pulled to want to connect with Jesus again, because like being in that secret place with Jesus, definitely you don't realize it till you've been without it for a while. Um, that it, it's just, she's not, she can't fulfill me. I mean, she can bring me things and she can, sh she can, you know, there's all these little small glimpses of, Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's me. Oh, that synchronicity is that. Oh, I must be, you know, 
thinking of myself in this way when I'm really this way, you know, and like trying to change different behaviors, but they're much more superficial. The thing with the new age is you're always seeking more and more healing. Like eventually it gets redundant, you know, eventually it's just like, when do I ever arrive to where I feel like I've become who I think I want to become? You know, there's always, there's so much, there's so much to learn with astrology, with like, I got a palm reading book, um, trying to learn palm reading, um, because it can be like very in detailed and scientific, scientific, like ridges on your fingernails is like a sign that you'll have a nervous breakdown because your nerves connect to your hands, you know, and the lines change and all this so you're learning it's a lot of learning you're learning a lot of things um she tried to get me into sex magic i started getting lured into sex magic although it didn't do it but it was like one of those things that was kind of wooing me the idea of it and i had mentioned it to a guy i was dating and the fire alarm literally went off like blaring as soon as i said the word for no reason. Like there was no nothing cooking. It was just weird. So that was kind of a warning sign. So there was few, like some dreams, some warning signs. Uh, I did have a few demonic dreams, um, but I didn't relate them to her so much uh, at the time. So it's really kind of the everything's falling apart. The world's in a pandemic. Our generation's never dealt with something like this before. I don't like adulting anyway, so this is just extra, you know? <laughs> and I, I was just starting to lose my mind. After getting strangled like that, like, it affects you in different ways. Like, I didn't even fight him. And that was something I had to kind of think about. Like, I didn't even fight him. And you think that if someone is attacking you, that you would fight. But what I've learned about the traumatized brain is that you freeze. You literally freeze. So at least I freeze. I froze. And so it was just a lot to process. And I was by myself. And it was getting winter and snowing. And the idea of being by myself in winter during a pandemic in Boulder, which people were like solo walking their dogs with masks on outside kind of things that felt like the twilight zone. So I think that added to it and it just felt really overwhelming. And no, nothing of the new age other than just, you know, the breath work that I learned was more my focus. Like most of my focus went into breath work more than my psychic work and the energy work and the running the energy stuff. Um, so I had a new modality that I was focused on. So yeah, I was breathing and I, I feel like that is a good tool. I still feel like breath work is, uh, a good tool to learn just in general, but, um, the suicidal thoughts, like I was pretty convinced that I wanted to kill myself. Uh, so when I got to Alabama, and I left half my stuff there. It's still there. <laughs> still have my stuff still there. I got to Alabama and my mom's like, okay, well, you can't do your cards here. 
So that was one rule that obviously I was going to abide by because it's her house. Um, and I know that those energies are real because I had a client who asked me, like, we had some really weird energy this week. Did you do anything? And I'm like, oh, I got this new Oracle deck and I was playing with it. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to ask you not to do that here because she could sense it. And she said it left on a certain day that I literally called my energy back to me in a meditation. And that was like, you know, clarification that this is real. Like these, these energies are really showing up when you're working with these cards. Um, so these are just things that I'm learning about the spirit realm as I go along. Like you just, until you have a felt sense of it, you don't really know what's going on, you know? Um, so when I got here the first six months, I just, I didn't really know anybody and I was trying to do massage on gigs and helping like private gigs to private stuff, like helping older people, but like on a private level and doing, you know, massages and whatever. Um, then I was just like, it's different in Southern Alabama after living in California and Boulder. So <laughs> you just have to kind of go and reach for community, which all there is out here is really bars and karaoke is a, it's like all they do. So I ended up going to bars and found a friend and we just went to local bars all the time. I mean, that's really all there was to do. But I got to a point where it's just like, this isn't me. I'm not a bar scene person, you know, even if it's the only social thing to do. It's just like, and people here are very clicky. So if you're from out of town and or out of state, they don't even really want to know you. It's not the same as like socializing in a big city, you know, where people want to meet other people, you know, like when you're traveling, you meet all sorts of people from everywhere. Um, not so much in the South. <laughs> people like their cliques and their groups and they don't want to meet new people. They don't really, which is fine. You know, they're not always nice about it, but I just decided, you know, I don't really want to do the bar scene anymore. I'm done. Like, and the friend that I was with is a bit of an alcoholic. So I was her ride because she was a DUI. So she didn't really want to hang out with me outside of going to a bar because she just wanted to go drink and she needed a ride. Um, not that I don't think she didn't care about me, but my mom goes to me Messianic Synagogue, which is different than I grew up with um, now because it's different for her too. But I was kind of trying it out. I mean, it's just different. Um, God just started to really work on my heart. And uh, I, you know, I know you know me, like, what's going on? You know, God's a gentle God. Um, I was YouTubing a lot. I mean, now I just didn't have a friend to hang out with. So it was just online a lot. And I came across this testimony of this woman in Africa. Her name's Erica Mukisa. Um, and she was doing some interview on like a TV show or something. And she was sharing her life about how she was initiated into sorcery, like a child. And by the time she was 11, she was a stronger sorcerer than her, her grandmother who initiated her. 
and her parents were Christians. So like it all happened behind their back and she orchestrated it. So they had, so the grandma orchestrated it. So they had to depend on her. Um, so I found her testimony really interesting because it was connecting to the spirit realm. And I'm like, still seeking truth. Like there's more to this. I still want to know the truth, right? Like, okay, God, like, I know you're real. And I just, I don't know about all this stuff. And I just don't know what to think about it. Um, so I found her channel, uh, Life is Spiritual. Um, and she's married now, but they, they had her testimony in parts. There's, there's a lot of parts because it's quite the testimony. But they would also use scripture during the, throughout her testimony. But what was significant to me was the things she would um, explain in her testimonies, specifically the dreams and the things that she witnessed her grandmother do. I would recall those same things being in movies and shows that I've seen in America. I mean, I know this African woman hasn't seen all these American shows and TV. So there's no way like she's like making this up, you know, to me and the dreams that she talked about, like dreams that I've had. Um, another thing that they said or she brought another girl on who had been initiated into being a witch. I mean, it's more dark magic that they get initiated into. So they were talking about the red cord. And one of the things we did after our being crowned was we all tied a red cord around each woman's uh, wrist. So when I left the return of the queen retreat, we all had red cord bracelets because we had tied it, I like looped it. And then like, it was like, we're all looped together. And then we, we cut them and tied them and they were like wristbands as a reminder that we're like sisters or we've, we've, I don't know, coven level, I guess. Uh, and when she said that, that came, became really personal. I mean, even beyond the dreams, the red cord. So I had to stop <laughs> this interview, like, or not her interview, but her testimony a lot just to process, you know, my own life, realizing it's not like the things I've experienced is not much different. And then she goes on to explain about the Marine Kingdom, which is like, what's that? Like, We've never heard of the Marine Kingdom in our culture. Not really, but when you start to study it, it makes sense. You know, all the fallen hybrids children died in a flood or war, but mostly the flood. And all those spirits were in the water. <laughs> you know, um, our money is connected to water. Um, a lot of the Marine Kingdom is connected to our finances, our corporations, merchants, you know, mermaids, you know, a lot of these terms you start to realize are connected to this so-called Marine Kingdom. Uh, they have different names for these entities of 
the marine kingdom, but really like when you start to think of the spirit realm as more like water, then it starts to make sense too. Uh, so I started learning about that. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot to unload. So I'm trying to be specific or... <clears throat> Uh, so you saw that what you were involved yeah. in, even though you thought it was white witchcraft or the good stuff, was mm -hmm. actually dark, like what she had gotten into in Africa. Well, right. It's all coming from the same kingdom, really, you know. Um, and that's what I think I started to realize is it was all connected to the same kingdom. And the way that they were explaining things with scripture I just started to connect all the dots of what these entities and guides, I thought who they were, because, you know, it all just made sense. And with the explanations and the confirmation of my own experience through my dreams and, um, well, and experiences with other people, um, it was the same, you know, and they do explain the different kinds of magic. There's even like a red magic. Um, which is like Indian, Hindu. Uh, so different lands have different entities. You know, I've learned a lot in the last year diving in to, you know, mending the gap, of course, between knowing why Jesus died on the cross and understanding the spirit realm a lot better from having these dreams and experiences, even understanding in the new age, like you're learning aspects of the spirit realm because you're in interfacing with it. So there still are kind of, I want to say universal laws of the spirit realm that exists across the board. Like these are just kind of rules that exist in the spirit realm. Like they, they, you have to give them legal rights. You have to ask. You know, like, there's just a lot of things that she would talk about um, that just awed me. It was just this moment that clicked where I realized Christ's blood broke this curse that's been over man, right? And blood is the currency of the spirit realm. That's just fact, <laughs> you know, and life is in the blood. And so you just kind of start to see it just all connected and having my background of knowing scripture already, it came to the forefront. It was like being confirmed too. Um, now that I was starting to see how the spirit realm operates and how these entities operate in the spirit realm um, and this whole marine kingdom thing, like, yeah, so I just started getting deeper into scripture and understanding uh, different layers of scriptures that I didn't really understand before that now harnessed with this new information made so much more sense, you know? So. So how did you get deliverance? Okay. 
So of course, once I realized like how duped and and that God, well, there was just a lot of like I'm sorry God type prayers and just crying and allowing God's mercy to pour over me and just repentance. Um, and once I did that, I grabbed everything connected to new age that I had books, my cards, and I had a lot of decks. I probably had like six or seven decks by this point, uh, tarot and Oracle crystals, jewelry, you know, clothing, lingerie. One thing that you get into as in the new age, at least with Queen Isis is, you know, she'll make you her prostitute for sure. And that was something that I was very engaged sexually with people. And it just kind of, it's, encouraged in the new age you know it's a liberation it's a connecting to your pleasure and your body and um yeah so i i burnt all that so with my friend who also came out of sra like she was someone who i felt like i could talk to who would get it you know on a deeper level um and I explained to her, you know, I, I told her I want to do this. And she was with me to burn everything. And she prayed over my bed and everything. But then after that, I decided to, well, I felt God was calling me to fast for a week. A week to not be weak. <laughs> because I was at this point, like, angry. You know, I was, I was angry at myself um, because I should have known better but I just didn't understand. I just didn't understand it from the lens that I was at. I had to give myself a lot of grace too, but um, I just, I just, I was so angry, especially at ISIS for tricking me for, you know, I was so mad at her. I just felt so duped. It's like anybody who gets scammed, you know, it's just, you just feel stupid and you feel like you should have known better. And I was just angry. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to fast for a week, you know, and maybe I felt like punishing myself a little bit, but I fasted for a week and I had started to hear, uh, or get in, you know, before I think I just write in fast for a week. There were a couple weeks between repentance and fasting that I was kind of looking into things and researching things um, and getting direction on what to do. Usually they say to fast for like three days, but with what I was involved in and the kind of dreams I had, I was like, I'm not messing around. Like I'm, I'm getting this stuff out. <laughs> um, and I just looked up like self-deliverance type stuff and um you really just you know believe in the holy spirit believe that god wanted me delivered so you know i believe in the power of jesus christ you know if i'm gonna believe in these things i better believe in you know i i mean i experienced real supernatural things so if they can do that then i know jesus is capable of way more you know um 
So I knew that I, I kind of had an expectation. Like when you go through deliverance, you can go from feeling things, just leaving your body um, to like throwing up. So the first time, I, the first day I fasted, um, I was just focused on prayer. And the second day I fasted, I started to feel this grip on my shoulders, like talons, like I could just sense something was just like wanting to squeeze me, like angry, you know? I don't know how else to say it. It's just this tightness, this gripping. So I just started to call it out and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke my shame. I rebuke unforgiveness. I rebuke, you know, sexual impurity. You just, you go through them. I had a list of things that spirits, I, you know, and generational curses is a whole nother thing um, that I wanted to tackle, you know, attack too. And, and renounce my connections and renounce this crown that I had been crowned with. Um, so I just had to rebuke it. And after about 10 minutes of just praying and rebuking and saying, you're not, no longer allowed to be in my body, I started to feel nauseous. Um, and you start to feel just like it coming up to your throat. Um, so it's more like not so much nauseous, but you just kind of feel like something's at your throat. Like, like you just want to let it out. So I just went to the bathroom and let it out, you know, just opened up my, you know, um, because she prayed over my bed, I could tell it was harder for them to fight me if I was in my room on my bed than in the bathroom. So I got a container to just have with me on the bed because you can just feel it it's just kind of like this gripping in your body um so i i threw up a lot and so i kind of have this idea that ball is in the bail bile ball is in the bile <laughs> because i threw up to the point of dry heaving you know it was there and then i felt like exhausted like like exhausted and I just put on worship music and just allowed myself to rest, you know, and had my little bucket um, in case, you know, something else was going to come up. So I had about an hour of just resting and feeling relaxed and feeling like a lot of peace. And like there was kind of this warmth that came upon my body. Um, so that night I started to have like the harassing spirit dreams, like the spirits were harassing me in my dreams. Um, so I had to deal with that for a little bit afterwards. Um, but they start to lose, you know, power and, and you will end up rebuking them even in your dreams. And I feel like that's a good sign. I believe dreams are a big indicator on what's happening uh, connected to the spirit realm for me. Um, 
So these entities were even the sexual entities like started to get like upset that I was rejecting them um, in my dreams. Like it would be like a, like a guy who was trying to, you know, be my boyfriend or something. And I was rejecting him and not, you know, like these kind of dreams. Um, so it just, I could tell that these people in my dreams were entities that were messing with me and you know on some level I knew but they they knew that I knew now so they there was no mask you know so now they're just and they didn't look evil but now they're just either taunting or like trying to be manipulative you know um so on day four is when I like woke up one morning and just had to like ugh, just had to throw up um, even though there probably wasn't really anything there, but whatever water I was drinking, it just, just from the dream, just because I don't know what it was, but I just, it just felt like there was the last little bit of them hanging on that I just had to get out. Um, and there was a point I even had to look in the mirror and rebuke it because that's another thing they tell you is wise to do if you feel like you need to really call it out look in a mirror and look in your eyes and rebuke it that way um that's what I did and I did feel a big relief from that and I just trusted that that God would do the work because he is the one to do it you know I'm just like okay well I don't really trust churches honestly uh still um but I just trust that the Holy Spirit's gonna lead me you know and so that's what I've been doing and I mean there's there's been a vast amount of knowledge from just hearing SRA survivors and learning about new uh, new lenses of the spirit realm through them too because obviously I never really engaged with black magic um or had been taught any of that stuff so it was just adding to my knowledge of how they operate in the spirit realm and their limitations too you know um and just learning scripture in bigger and deeper ways um I had already like was looking into cluster B personalities and DID wanting to facilitate healing anyway. So I was kind of already kind of being pulled towards this journey of uh, learning about SRA and DID and just trauma, how trauma affects us spiritually too, you know? Uh yeah, so there's just still a lot you process. I mean, it's just been over a year. Um, what would you say to yeah. the parents whose kids are getting pulled in? Because I know parents whose kids are getting into crystals and they're getting into building altars and bringing in right. items and right. finding it exciting. Right. What would you say to the parents? Um, I would say to rebuke it in private in your prayer life and pray over them. Uh, anoint your house with oil um demand that it's not allowed in your house um but be like what i liked about 
I guess some people that were Christians that were just open, like just letting me talk about it and my understanding of it. And um, I guess I have a way with words. So, you know, it didn't sound bad coming from the way that I would present it. You know, a lot of people don't understand a lot of these things, even in the church. So, you know, um, inform yourself, <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, look at the background, I would say, listen to other new age testimonies, because you're going to get a lot of information from different people, because everybody experiences different things and different aspects of the new age. Like I said, like, there's a lot of modalities. Um, Okay, Lord, what do you want me to say about this? I mean, I think prayer is just a powerful thing. I, I think that them understanding um, what the fallen angels are. Book of Enoch was something I read in the past year um, that gave me understanding. Uh, realizing the marine kingdom is a thing and what that entails. I mean, just to explain like, hey, by the way, um, do you know what the fallen angels are? Do you know that there were giants on the earth and how they were created? Do you know, um, it's like, it depends on where they're at exactly, but once you have a better understanding of how the spirit realm works, uh, I mean, I would just, if I were going to tell my niece, like I told my niece, like, you got to get rid of this stuff. Like it is in disguise. I mean, there's the verse about how Satan masquerades as a being of light, right? Um, I think that's one to just kind of maybe write down. <laughs> um, these things, they don't really know what they're dealing with. Um, they might think they do, but no one's going to get anywhere with shame, obviously. So, um, it's going to be a process. I feel like it is something that God has to draw us to him. That is, you know, because you do feel very validated in the new age. There's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of validation and acceptance and I can be whoever I want to be and I'm loved that way, you know? So I think just like, like, look, I get you're wanting to explore these things. Um, I don't want to hinder you exploring, but at the same time, I want you to understand that there are entities that will fool you who are ancient beings that know how to mind F you in a real way. And just like a scammer, I don't want you to get scammed, you know, just on the internet, you know, you wouldn't go into the black web without knowing how to navigate, you know, the dark web, the black web. Um, you know, there's like a lot of protections that you have to put in place before you could even get on the dark web. You know, you like, you know what you're doing or you could get on someone's radar and get hacked. So it's kind of like that. Like you don't want to get spiritually hacked. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 
to open these doors and to understand that you're giving these entities legal rights, that the spirit realm is like a courthouse, like it's like court, like there's, they go to the father to get access to you for legal right because they've gotten you to sin or you've been led to sin, you know? And as in Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Um, so, you know, and just asking God to reveal to you specifically, and I think paying attention to your dreams, it's like, okay, well, if you start to have dreams about snakes or flying or eating things, that might be a red flag. <laughs> So eating in your dreams, you shouldn't be eating in your dreams. Um, that's a contractual thing for uh, entities. Um, and snakes and flying in your dreams, you shouldn't be flying. There is a verse about that. Um, can't remember exactly where it is, but it's something about and like in the King James Version, it's like, um, I will cut off, uh, oh, I should find it. Something about like those who make them fly taught, like cutting off the access of witches who go and make you fly. Right. So it's like your astral projecting in your dreams find and flying around. I can put it in the show notes. If you find the okay. verse, send it to me and I'll put it in the show notes. Right. And, and that's something that um, Bamboo and Erica talk about in their thing. I mean, I just think that their testimony is so powerful, um, especially for us Westerners who, you know, don't really understand that level of, you know, witchcraft. It's not in our everyday when it's very much more part of their everyday in the villages of Africa. Sorcerers will tend to rule an area you know, um, so if yeah. we have parents that would like to get a hold of you and ask you questions, run their situation by you, is there a, an avenue for them to do that? Are you willing to talk to people? Oh, definitely. You can email me at vjrobbins2bs at gmail.com. Robbins like Tim Robbins or Baskin Robbins. <laughs> So, okay. and I'll put that in the show notes as well, because I, I think you're a wealth of knowledge and information that, you know, the church has really hurt us by not going into mm -hmm. spiritual and explaining what's going on. You know, we have shied yeah. away from the demonic completely to the point of harming our children because we haven't prepared them for this world that we are in. And yeah. Now they're going out into witchcraft, white witchcraft, they think is fine, new age movement, like, you know, it seemed to be going really well for you for a long time. Well, I didn't even think of it as witchcraft, really, you don't think of energy work or right. that stuff really being witchcraft, right? Um, but it's, it's trespassing in the spirit realm in the way that God knows is dangerous for us, you know, and understanding there's layers to the spirit realm. Um, and that they, they very much are around and waiting for you to just, you know, like you're an innocent person in a dark alley. That's kind of like the spirit realm, you know, even 
um, in my priestess training, as they call it, um, you can, you want to like do psycho popping or go into the spirit realm without a guide, right? Because that would be dangerous. Um, but I would never just, I just wouldn't dive there anyway, because, you know, Holy Spirit does it for us. Like we do not need to be engaging in that stuff. And I think if people want to talk to me and share their specific stories, um, I can get more specific in what I know for them. Uh, yeah, is there any other questions? So appreciate. This is so important. And, yeah. You know, we need to get all our kids out. Right. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of different, like Doreen Virtue, she was a huge new age, like tarot or Oracle card mostly. Um, and she was into the angels and stuff. And she even thought she was a Christian growing up in her own new age life. And when she left the new age and became a Christian, I remember kind of being mad about it, <laughs> but now that I'm a Christian, obviously I'm really glad that she has the resources and she has a channel and it has a lot more information on there. Um, people who did yoga, who left and why yoga is dangerous and how they're connected to worshiping deities. Um, these deities do not love you. They hate you. They want to destroy you. They're out to destroy us. And um, so that's just the real of it, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's hard to believe that when you're interacting with them um, in the spirit realm. But I would just, I think dreams are a great indication because you can't, it's going to show you right away what's going on. If, if I would just encourage these kids to write down their dreams um, and pay attention to what's showing up when you do seek to understand scripture, you know? Are you retaliated against? Because usually yes, you know? Um, it's a process and I think for everyone, it's gonna be a different thing and luckily God knows what is going to be the perfect timing for each of us and what's going to draw our attention, you know? Um, Erica's testimony for me was what I needed because of what I had been through. And it's very unique. And being connected to the Marine Kingdom is like a big deal. You'll end up with major cramps and menstrual issues, cysts. Um, they keep you from having relationships. So that was a big one for me too. Like I wasn't in relationships. I mean, I had dated people, but it was really lonely, you know? Sure. Yeah. And the demonic world will do that to you. It will not yeah. continue. I mean, in the beginning, it will give you things, you know? And make everything comes with a price. Like, even in the new age, like, that's another thing, is tarot, whatever, working with these entities, if you think they're angels, whatever, there's always a price. 
and they will get their they will get their however you know I had a cyst that just grew on my left ovary like out of the blue I was in the ER and my whole ovary was gone I mean a whole sack of eggs you know taken out of me I don't believe for one minute they went to waste not in Boulder Colorado I probably went to a you know a basement right quick <laughs> you know what we know about the system anyway um so I've just prayed that my DNA is not used by the enemy in any way and that I trust God to take care of that um but yeah I think just praying about it prayer 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 I know people are praying for me I brought women to Christ before I fell to new age and they were praying for me when I was oh that's powerful I love that um and when they were older than me so but prayer prayer is huge um so praying for our youth is huge right now um being mindful of what they're listening to, um, what they're watching, you know? I mean, there's a lot, like they're, it's cranked up, I feel like hardcore since I was a kid, you know? I mean, a lot of them are starting to pay attention after the Tyler or the Travis Scott concert ordeal. Um, I think there's a lot of kids starting to see how demonic things are getting, you know? Um, but once you start to see the symbols and learn symbology, because like the Tower of Babel fell and they couldn't talk to each other, they use symbols and they still use symbols and they communicate in symbols. And once you learn the symbols, the symbols are the same, dark magic or white magic or red magic or whatever magic, like they are the same. And you start to see the patterns. And once you can reveal the patterns, you know, it, it starts to break down and they're, they're less likely to get away lying to you when you start to see that. And once you add scripture to it, oh yeah, you're just, you know, I mean, I, I know that I, I am now going to be a weapon against the enemy. Yeah, this is, I, I just really in appreciate a big way, and I hope to, you know, I want to do some damage. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. you doing this today. This is powerful. Oh, thank you. And I thank you. I feel like I rambled a little bit, but I hope it was clear. It's so important. Would you go out with the shaking the Luciferian kingdom prayer with me? Just repeat it Definitely. after. For sure. Mm -hmm. From where we're seated in Christ Jesus. From where we're seated in Christ Jesus. At the right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the Father. Lord God Almighty says, Lord God Almighty says, time has come, the time has come for the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken, for the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken. We decree, we decree that the great shaking, that the great shaking of all who worship Lucifer begin, of all who worship Lucifer begin, your sorceries and sacrifices your sorceries and sacrifices will not help you will not help you your protection is removed your protection is removed let the shaking let the shaking 
Of the Luciferian kingdom increase. Of the Luciferian kingdom increase. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you yeah. so much, Vanessa. Thanks, Lisa. God bless you as you continue to heal and you continue to go forward and just bring the true light to the world and just bring people to Jesus and bring, bring deliverance and truth. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening.